So welcome into season four of the Backroads podcast. Looking forward to another great year in the great six-man land that is Class 1A. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Bobby, it's been like 228 or so days since the last state title game. Somewhere in there. Who's counting? A couple of days here or there. Oh, I count. Do you miss football? Do you miss it when we're gone from it? I Yes, I go into horrible football withdrawals. I really do. It's been a crazy run. Of course, we had realignment in UIL. We had some crazy movement among coaches. We're not going to spend today going over everything. We'll, we'll get to that next week, and we're going to spend about 10 seconds on it, and we're going to move on. <laughs> that doesn't matter. End of the day, football season is here. Most teams start off with their first scrimmage on a Friday. Two-a-days for a lot of those schools, as far as pads being on, begins Monday. Some of them had midnight madness Friday night into Saturday morning or had practice on Saturday. But for everybody else, pads come on on Monday. And I am just so ready to get this thing going. On today's broadcast, we're going to go over Division One and six-man football. We'll look at all four regions. We've got comments and commentary from coaches throughout the state we'll kind of give you our ideas of how we see these regions playing out and no don't 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 put that up there as bulletin board material right bobby because uh, no <laughs> often said we are idiots so we just happen to have a mic well you know we have a, a venue to to voice our opinions and that's just what they are they're just opinions so we'll see it always plays out a little Sort of like what we think, and then mostly, no, we can't guess. So Exactly. It seems like about 90% of six-man, the season will play out exactly like you expected. But 5% of the teams just fall off for no apparent reason. And then 5% of the teams come out of nowhere, and you're like, well, where did that team come from? And then when you start looking at everything, you're going, well, you idiots, you missed this and this. Yeah, you should have seen that coming. Yeah, it's those dark horses you got to look out for especially those teams that I think uh, were really young last year that returned a lot of starters and probably had a really poor record last year. A lot of times you look at those teams, you're like, well, they weren't good last year, but it is amazing how much these young men grow from one season to the next. Oh, I know. You can never uh, put it past that teenage boy. My goodness. I mean, I know some that for a fact have been lifting since January. Uh, that, that's impressive. And, and you see the highlights all over Twitter. You see it on Facebook teams putting things out there and you, and you see how much these kids grow. And we're going to go over some of those as we get through this. But we go into the season last year, Westbrook defeated May in the state title game. And guess what? We come into this season. Westbrook is going to rank number one again. Mm -hmm. uh, and they deserve that ranking. That's all you can say. They deserve that ranking. We'll get through all of those rankings as we get through this. But let's get started in region one. And so many things have changed in Region 1 when you look at where teams are at and what districts they're in. That's right. You know, in Division 1, we have 75 teams. Follette comes up in that District 1 slot from Division 2. So we'll have to see how they do. But they have some pretty good players. And then you have White Deer. I think that uh, Coach Rucker is pretty excited not to be in the same district as a, a lot of top five schools for the first time in a long time. Uh, he's got three pretty good players that he expects a lot from. Hunter Atwood, 
sophomore, Brody Weathers, who's a senior, and Anthony Martin, who's a senior. Rucker told me he expects to lean on the large senior class, and they have depth and speed, and they think that that's going to get them to the season pretty good. They're coming off a tough year, a very tough year in all sports. And he said that he is witnessing a very hungry group of boys as they go through practice. So they're all excited over in White Deer. And Coach Rucker wanted me to tell all the Buck fans and parents, thank you for your support. And you talked about Follette. We'll circle back to them real quick. You know, the key with Follette, they got a new coach up there, Kyle Timmons. Uh, Shane Franks, a All-State second team running back, is back for that team. Uh, they returned four starters on offense and defense. The thing is, they're moving up, though, from Division Two to Division One, And we know sometimes that can be a big jump for some schools. So we'll see that. Another team that I find very interesting in this district is the Miami Warriors. Now, this is a team that went five and six last year, but they had a lot of sophomores on the field, and they're going to be led by their all-purpose guy, Hayden Thompson. He was a second-team all-region safety for them, as well as a, a spread back. And Coach DJ Howell there, I know he's excited about his uh, Miami Warriors. And then finishing off that district is the McLean Tigers. Brad Rayner, a good friend of ours, he's moved up to be the principal. That seems to be like a big move that all these coaches make these days is up to administration. I, I think know, so. I know it's, one administrator that might say, are you sure you really want to do that? <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a popular move. So McLean coming back in that, uh, in that district as well. David Donnell was at Sanderson. He's now the head coach there. So, you know, you look at this district, Follette, McLean, Miami, and White Deer, and I think it's up for grads. Follette, to me, is is the odds-on favorite. Uh, they come into this one ranked just outside the top ten. When you look at Dave Campbell's rankings, sixman.com rankings aren't out yet, so we don't have those. So we'll strictly go off of uh, Dave Campbell's. But, uh, you know, I think this should be a very competitive district. I think Follett wins it, but I think whoever takes second place, it could be any of these three squads. I I completely agree with that i don't know you know we have that uh white deer kid who made all region second team kicker but he actually set a six-man record last year for longest field goal so and he's back and healthy so i'm sure he's going to help help them his name christian nunez oseguera yeah say that three times real fast i know i remember last year we had a hard time with that name but you know that's a that's a healthy name there well let's move on to district two there in region one and this district to me comes down to to two schools it's happy and nazareth in this district happy ranked number seven nazareth uh, made it to the playoffs last year lost to valley in the by district round and I think uh, both of these teams are really going to, uh, you know, they, they play the first game of the district slate, and I think that decides it. No offense to Clark or Will Dorado. I just don't know that they've got the horses to run with the Swifts or the Cowboys. I would totally agree with that assessment. But you got Will Dorado in there, and they have a new coach. And Claude, they were down last year, but but they have a lot of kids with a lot of heart. But, you know, Happy and Nazareth, they just, they're leading the pack right now. You know, it's kind of weird because you're from Happy. You're the Happy Sports Network dude, right? Uh, yeah, the dude. I like the dude. That. Well, everybody calls me dude, so I kind of go with that that name. <laughs> but I got to say something about Happy. I don't think Dave Campbell's said anything about Happy, which is very surprising because 
Happy lost hardly any. They have a bunch off on the Allstate list. And I don't think, were they even ranked? They ranked number seven. Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, when you listen to Greg Tepper, he he really felt like a lot of that ranking for this year was based on last year's success, not the returning starters coming back. Well, Happy has a lot of returning starters coming back. I expect them to to do very well in Region 1. We'll get into the overall region views here in a little bit. But, you know, from Happy, there, Trice Johnson, Coach Perriman, says he's a very instinctive defensive player. He's a big part of their success on the side of the ball. Should prove to be a threat on the offensive side of the ball this year as well. Then Camden Sperry. I think you maybe know him. Maybe. Maybe. I, I guess I'll claim him. <laughs> he is a vital part of the happy offense, and we will always have a chance to win if he's our guy taking snaps. That's what Coach Perriman says. And then Coach Perriman pointed out Kitan Johnson, uh, indicated he plays big on both sides of the ball, and happy Cowboys are a hard bunch to handle when Kitan is healthy. Well, and Kitan leads up that offensive line, and you know, you and I talked about it. this is a line that all three starters are going to go over six foot, all teetering around that 200 pound mark and they're athletic. So I think that gives happy a huge advantage in a lot of games because you just don't see that size a whole lot in six man. Um, you know, that's the kind of size we've seen from teams like May before. And we've seen what May has done in the past. Garden City is another team that's always had some really big kids. So, you know, it, it size definitely it's funny because in six man size is great to a point. And then size can be too much. It really belongs more in the eleven man circle. So there's there's a there's a thin line there, but I, I think they've got that. I think that will make uh, happy uh, very much a contender in this region. But you know they got to get out of district first. And I really like what Tyler Goodwin does there in Nazareth. He basically walked in and said, "Here's what we can do," and that's exactly the kind of offense he ran. And they ran it to perfection. Luke Schulte was a second team, uh, sorry, a first team. Uh, offensive uh, player there, second team safety. That's their bell cow. They're going to give him the ball. I've seen it last year. Coach Goodwin gave him the ball 40 times in a ball game. Wow. So he, he's going to wear Luke Schulte out, and that's it. What they're trying to do is develop more of an offense. Uh, year number two under Coach Goodwin, I have no doubt that they will. And uh, look for Brett Heitschmidt, the six foot four senior, to really uh, put his name out there for people to know. When you look at Will Dorado, they've got a new coach in Rance Barnett. They they have some returning starters, but they lose the one young man who was on the uh, all-region team, Stockton Blount. He's transferred to Bushland. Uh, they had another young man coming up. I know that he has transferred out of there. So things a little bit in a state of flux there in Will Dorado as far as the football team goes. And then over at Claude, uh, Brantley Lemons, the coach over there. Javon Lee is the name to know. I can tell you, Coach Stacy Perriman, Felt like last year that Javon Lee was the best running back in the district last year. And that says a lot when you're talking about a Claude team that was only two and eight. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, you know, like I said, those kids have a lot of heart. I watched them play and and you can't ever look past kids with a lot of heart. Definitely. Let's move to uh, District 3. And District 3 to me is highly interesting. And it got interesting the second that... Braxton Etheridge transferred out to Richland Springs. It did. He's the one 
I think just flat out difference maker that you had in that district. And now that he's gone, I think that brings Spring Lake Earth back to everybody. And you look at it, and I'm I'm not kidding when I tell people this. Outside of maybe Petersburg, I could potentially see all four of the other teams having a shot in this one. And if you're listening to this and you go, well, hang on. Lorenzo didn't even finish their season last year. Well, you were out there earlier uh, this week, and I can tell you they added a huge piece to the puzzle and a young man who was a all-district quarterback at the 3A level. He moved in. His mom's got a job there. Trayvon McCaslin from Tulia. That is one dynamic football player. I could tell from the way he was practicing. I mean, he stands out. He's like a man among men. If <laughs> I guess that's the best phrase I can think of. He does stand out. And I'll tell you one thing about that kid. He is always smiling. Oh, that's a big piece of it. I mean, that that's great to see. And, and you got the water bath while you were there. I did. I did. They said that was, you know, to support me. And let me tell you, it was hot that day. <laughs> that felt so good. You know, some people, I can see some females getting a little upset at that, but not me. I was like, you got any more of that? <laughs> I need some more. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Well, Coach Sepkowitz there uh, at Lorenzo, he's a new head coach there. You know, I think Lorenzo is a dark course in this district, but then the other three teams, you look at it and I just don't know who to put ahead in that because with Etheridge moving out, I do think that brings Spring Lake Earth down. Now they still have Derek Rosales coming back to big man. He was a second team all state wide receiver. They got uh Derek Rosales, uh, sorry, uh Royal Fuentes, Kane Tovar. They've got some pieces back, but I think you really get hurt when you say no more Braxton Etheridge. No more Evan DeLeon. No more Keyshawn Holmes. That is a big piece of the pie to take away. It really is. It's a chunk is what it is. But, you know, sitting over there in District 3 also is Anton. We can't let we can't go by without talking about them. Yeah, definitely. The Bulldogs under Coach Hoover, you know, they only bring back two offensive and two defense starters. But this was a very talented team last year. Damon Rodriguez, Gage Garcia at the Division II level were both honorable bench and all-state players. So there's still pieces in place there for Coach Hoover. And as you say, you you just really got to look at it because if you take Anton lightly, I have a feeling you're going to be in surprise for this year. I think you're right. There, Lots of people are going to be surprised. So I don't know. District three, that's a hard one because, you know, you yeah. got uh, the new coach, Scotty Brewington at Petersburg. I believe he's from Petersburg, but he was at Floyd Data for a while. And now he's back. He came back last year as assistant coach and he's taken over the reins. And, you know, they have another Peraz kid who's a sophomore who's probably going to do some damage along with Coach Brewington's uh, son. And so, yeah, I. I I think we're just going to have to see, watch this district very closely. No, I'm I'm with you. You talk about Petersburg, five returning starters on both offense and defense. And the one team that we haven't mentioned so far out of that district, the Crest Kangaroos under coach Zach Reeves. That was a team you and I watched last year, and we kept going, hey, this is not your grandfather's Crest Kangaroos. This is a good ball club. They were Most, very good. You know, they've got a lot coming back. The quarterback, Landry Young, can really fire the ball. The uh, – spread back Jaquavian and for the life of me his last name for uh, gets past me but he's back he's a speedster he was really impressive in a six-on-six -six tournament that I saw this summer so you know Crest is one of those teams that 
it, just like Ant and Spring Lake Earth, if you look past them, you're in trouble. And I think that's what makes this district so much fun because every district ball game, I think, is going to be an absolute battle. And whoever comes out of this one first and second, I believe, will be well, well tested as we move into the playoffs. I totally agree. Sometimes we don't agree on things, Craig, but on this one, uh-huh. definitely. I mean, District <laughs> 3 is crazy. And now let's go on to District 4. To me, this is going to be one of the fun districts because when you look at it, on paper, the Valley Patriots far and away are the best team in this district. On paper. But I think Knox City is a good team. They were young last year. Uh, I think people may look past them. Spur returns a ton of people. I think they people. Do. I think people are going to look past them a little bit. Um, so I, I just, to me, this is going to be a really fun district. I do think Valley is the overwhelming favorites. And when you talk about them and, and Coach Stanland, when he looks at it, you know, Blake Beard, the All-State uh, spreadback is coming back. He rushed for 1,900 yards last year and 30 touchdowns. He anchored their uh, state champion four by one and four by 200 meter relays. He can really get after it. I know Coach Stanland is excited for what he brings to the table. Uh, a kid that really impresses me when I watch Valley's Parker Hartman. He was an all-state safety last year. 14, not four, 14 interceptions. Is that not crazy? That's that's a, that's a lot. And he was a junior. Yes, yes. Uh, big, tall kid. Parker goes, I think, about six foot two, six foot three. Uh, he's part of those relay teams that they had. Plus, he ran the 200 meters there in Austin. He's got great ball skills on both sides of the ball. And then Gunner Bowles, I know he sees that as a key piece, uh, both on their offensive and defensive line. They have nine seniors returning there in a valley. Bowles is one of those kids that's been starting since he was a sophomore. Uh, of course, his mom is the head coach for the Valley Lady Patriots. And so uh, Gunner Bowles there now a senior. That, that That is a squad that returns a lot of uh, starters, five offensive starters and four defensive starters. And Valley is going to be really, really good. But we talked about it. It's just not Valley. This Knox City team, I think, may surprise some people. You know, Cameron Hernandez was the region newcomer of the year. They were all so young. Had a ton of freshmen and sophomores playing there. Uh, Coach Callaway's son, Bryson Callaway, he was an honorable mention quarterback, second team safety, Tristan Baxter, Ryan Shaver. I just, I like this Knox City team. We'll see what they end up putting up. But uh, I think people may uh, be surprised at how well Knox City does this year. I think so. And Coach Callaway, he's just been silently working away over there in Knox City with all the youth. And and let me tell you, they're about to break through. And I expect to see a lot more of them this this season. I'm with then, you. you know, you got Spur sitting over there. I say, that's, that's a team that you know well. Yes. Um, only because my best friend lives there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, last year. They had some, they made a run and they have several players coming back who made all region. Caden Martinez was a first team kicker. Corey Hamilton was second team running back, first team linebacker. He also made all state as second team linebacker. And then Caden Martinez is a good kicker. He made all state as honorable mention as a kicker. I mean, that's kind of weird to say that, but you know, sometimes I have seen a game hinge on the kicker, especially here lately. Yeah. Kicking is important. It really is. It is. 
And, and then when you talk about that issue, how'd you like to be Coach Menchaca coming over from Newcastle? You take over the Northside Indians, who were 0-10 last season, but they do have five starters returning on offense and defense, and you think, okay, but then you look at what we just talked about, Knox City, Spur, and Valley. Man, <laughs> talk about being thrown into the fire in your first year. I, I think Northside might have a little difficulty, but you know you can't ever put it past any team. It just depends on how, how well they gel together as a team and also with their coach. Definitely. So there's our look at Region 1. We'll talk about favorites over all the regions once we get all through them. So let's go to Region 2, which a lot of people call the region of death. I know that's your favorite word for it. <laughs> it uh, is, but and, mostly and, in track. Well, but. this is true. But they may have, you know, when you look at it, they have one of the toughest districts. It doesn't matter whether it's 6-man or 6-A, one of the toughest districts in District 7. So we'll get there and talk about that one. But we'll start out in District 5, Meta. O'Donnell, Wellman Union, and Whiteface make that one up. And, you know, this is one of those districts that I think is is kind of ripe for the taking for somebody. It really is. We had Meadow and O'Donnell fighting it out last year, and they went on into the playoffs with Borden County, who was in their district. Borden County moved over to District 7. So you got to know that Coach Connor at Meadow is breathing a sigh of relief even coach bay they're probably all doing that oh yeah um, meta has some really good players coming back they have six seniors but they also have five freshmen and zayden villegas is promising for them as a freshman they also have a lot of experience from their playoff run last year with paul franco jimmy german caleb sanchez take McVie, and logan castaneda that's a good look at Meta there, and you're right. They they should be good. Four and seven last year, but four starters returning offense and defense. Another team, well, you just got to like the nickname, the O'Donnell Screaming Eagles. I just I love I that. Say that every time. I don't care if they go 0 and 10 or 10 and 0. I just like saying Screaming Eagles. It sounds great. Three and seven a year ago, but they do return five starters on the offensive and defensive side. Uh, Coach Beza there, uh, he mentioned Omar Vela. Nathaniel Ortiz, Nick Rios, and gotta love this name. You know, we gotta find names every year. This might be one of them. Shooter Vela. He is a leader on the field. Shooter. Yes. You know, he's gotta be a ball player. Gotta be. He's he's the cutest thing. I mean, he smiles and he's got dimples and he's just got the best personality. And Coach Baeza told me that he is definitely their coach on the field and he makes sure and keeps everybody in line. Also, we can't go past O'Donnell without talking about a returning all-region honorable mention cornerback Engage Garces. Now, that last name, Garces. Remember Elvis Garces? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure they're all kin to each other, but uh, (laughs) he had lots of good things to say about Gage as well. And uh, if you know anything, you'll know that the Garces name carries with it a very fine work ethic. Definitely. Then there's the Whiteface Antelopes, five and five last year. This was a, a pretty decent team. Uh, six offensive starters, four starters on defense coming back, and they have a new coach. Again, a state title pedigree to his name, and that's Clint Lindman, who's coming over from Wood Herald. That's right. That's a scary combination right there. You're going to have to watch that one very closely. Definitely. For Whiteface, uh, Jeremiah Chavez, Brighton Scoggins, Jeremiah Rendon, all on the uh, all-region list uh, returning there for Whiteface. So I would imagine Coach Lemon 
loves the fact that he's got that many starters coming back. And then there's the Wellman Union Wildcats, 0-9 last season, but three offensive and four defensive starters coming back. I would imagine Wellman Union's looking to try and, you know, get in the win column. Sometimes that's all it takes is one win when you've had an, a winless season the year before. One win can make a huge difference, especially when you went through that 0-9 the year before. That's true, but and they were really young. They were they were playing a lot of freshmen last year. So those freshmen are going to really probably kick it into high gear this year, sophomores, because they had so much experience. It may not have been necessarily positive experience, but they do have varsity playing experience. And you and I both know that that can give you a leg up in some situations. Definitely. Let's go on to District 6. This one's made up of Fort Davis, Buena Vista, Marfa, and Van Horn. And when you talk about Van Horn, eight and four a season ago, four starters returning on both sides of the ball, including Bryce Verdell, their second team all state safety. Uh, Coach Tri uh, Tyrell there mentioned Elijah Gaines, Bryce Verdell, and Cy Garcia, the junior. Uh, you know, last year was a very exciting season for them, their first district championship in 29 years, and they got a playoff win. So they're really setting the bar high uh, in Van Horn this year. Uh, he says that the kids and coaches have really bought in. I love the game of six-man football. Their goal is to utilize their strength and speed to put our players in the best positions to be successful. And they have a hunger to succeed as a team for the team. And for the team, the driving force behind that will be some great senior leadership. So the Van Horn Eagles, you know, they made a name for themselves last year. And I think they can do that again this year. I, I totally agree. I watched them last year, and another, that's another team that plays with nothing but heart. Like you said, Elijah Gaines, you know, he was at the state track meet. He won the high jump. He also set a record, I believe. And then Bryce Verdell, he was also at the state track meet. You know, these kids are, are working hard, running, lifting weights, and I can't wait to see Van Horn first week. They're going to be playing at the Marfa Six-Man Shootout, which is in Sol Ross, the first week and we'll talk about that a little bit in a little while and definitely we got those coming all that uh, breaking down in just a couple of weeks also in that district the fort davis indians six and five last year three starters returning both sides of the ball uh they've got a new coach in kyler roach he was at crest so he will be uh leading the charge there for the indians for buena vista uh, the longhorns six and four last year four starters on offense five starters on defense back for you're going to have to say the last name because I will butcher it and the coach will be really unhappy with it. I just call him Coach P and he is perfectly happy with that. <laughs> uh, you know, he's one of those, the Abbott bunch. I, I thought with I the figured same, With the same name, last name, yes. Um, put, I, I don't even want to try it. It's a Polish name and there's there's just too much there for me. I'll mess it up. You, you were a little too country for that name, I, I believe there, Craig. <laughs> We definitely are. Then finally finishing off that district, the Marfa Shorthorns, three and seven last year, three starters returning on offense, four on defense. Uh, Coach Alferez there leading the charge for the Shorthorns. And I do think uh, Van Horn is the team to beat in this district. But after that, who takes number two will be really interesting to see. I really, I don't know, because Buena Vista last year, they were tough. They came out of the gate really well. I look for Buena Vista to be really the, the second team in that district to come along. We'll see how Van Horn and Buena Vista match up. That should be interesting because we all know that Buena Vista is very physical. 
Well, that will be interesting. Now let's move on to District 7, which you could probably call the District of Doom. Yeah, the District <laughs> of Doom. That you know, would be... <laughs> that made your day, didn't it? It really did because I I didn't know how we were going to explain to people how tough District 7 in Division 1 is going to be. Well, th there you go. It is the District of Doom. This district made up of Sands, Borden County, Garden City, Grady, and Rankin. You don't know how uh, important this district is. When you look at it, Garden City, ranked number five. Rankin, ranked number six. Borden County, ranked number eight. Three teams in the top 10, and this is not 2A through 6A. Only two teams make it. That's One of right. these teams is sitting at home. So That's you're going right. to go into the season ranked in the top 10, and you're going to find yourself rolling out the basketballs in the second week of November. That's crazy. Well, you know, this district is the district of death. I'm just going to, I mean, doom, death, anything that's just like a dark cloud. Well, maybe it's not a dark cloud, though, because it's going to be very exciting. And if I could pick district games to go to where I just covered you know what two four five teams it would be it would be this one because i don't know that you you know what's going to happen every single week but i'm going to step out on a limb you know i like to do that sometimes and so i'm going to go with garden city i believe that they are back to their powerhouse ways uh, i hate to use that word but I, I really am high on Garden City. Uh, Coach Jones says they're a very tight-knit group, which we all witnessed last year as well. And this group has been waiting since elementary. So they've been working and waiting since that time. It's many years. They have six natural leaders who are all going to be successful after high school. I love that Coach Jones says that because you know what? In the grand scheme of things, that is the most important thing. Oh, it, de it definitely is. And I think that's the part that's missed a lot. It really is. Uh, Coach Jones says that Mason Walker, John Lopez, Logan Seidenberger, Jordan Jones, and big O, Owen Seidenberger, uh, he's a character. He rounds out the uh, natural leaders over there for the Bearcats. I have <laughs> to read this quote from Owen. He was being interviewed. Uh, by the Odessa News, and I saw this on Twitter, and I thought it was the most wonderful thing ever. He is a big personality, and Owen says, we're a bunch of big boys. We wake up in the morning, sniff excellence. We're just a bunch of big, hairy, American winning machines. If that's not an all-time six-man quote, I don't know what is. I, I'm telling you, that, that's got six-man awesomeness written all over it. <laughs> that is that is fantastic. And, I mean, you talked about it. Jordan Jones, first-team All-State special teams kid coming back. John Lopez was a second-team All-State fullback. Big O was a first-team All-State nose guard. This is a very talented bunch. Five starters returning on both sides of the ball. We know how injuries really hurt them last year. If they stay healthy, they're a scary group. They are. And most of those injuries are for, were from concussions. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's very frustrating. Although we do have to follow concussion protocols, and they did a good job of that. 
they are a hungry group and they're going to get after it. And some people are going to gonna feel the their wrath, the wrath of the bear cat. Um, but then looking over District 7, let's talk about Borden County a little bit. Last year, everybody was real down on Borden County. You know, they had a lot of young players. They were all sophomores. They couldn't quite get it going in the right direction. I really think that this year they're going to end up second in that district. Now, you know, I might I might regret those words because you got Rankin hiding over there. Coach Ritchie from Borden County says they have two, they only have two seniors, and one of those is returning. Um, wow. They have 18 players, so he says, you know, they don't have a lot of players out, but what they have is is very good. They have Landon Foree, uh, offensive end, defensive end, and Landon is coming back from a major knee uh, injury. He has taken a setback but he transformed his body in the off season he lost 20 plus pounds he's actually bigger quicker and faster than he was before the knee injury they'll probably hold him on defense for out of defense for a while and um, he'll probably appear in week two but coach Richie said he is a great leader and he's been very supportive this summer during basketball and football and then we have Rhett Kingston. Uh, he's a very, very fast kid. Last year, he was a little skinny thing as a sophomore. He has bulked up. Uh, he had a great track season to go along with the great basketball and six-on-six six season. He's put on some weight to help with the pounding at the tailback position. He was an offensive player of the year last year in their district. They really do hope to build this year and make use of his added size. And he will also help them defensively. And then, Ish. Oh, Ishmael Rodriguez. Have you seen pictures of Ish lately? I haven't, but I feel like this is like the 17th season that Ish has played. Ish is a junior. He's not even a senior yet. He's just a junior. Um, he's a two-time All-State player. Uh, this is scary. He spent all summer in the weight room, and he's going to take a more active role in carrying the ball and throwing the ball. He's been a great leader for the Coyotes on both sides of the ball. If you've seen any pictures of him, you know, I, Ish is a very humble, very quiet person, but you see him, and he really does look like a monster. Well, that, that's it. That Borden County team, I think. A, when Trey Ritchie's leading up the squad, it's scary. I mean, right. that, that's the scary part of it. But when you look at it and you mention those three names and there are other kids coming back, this is a team that lost in the area around last year to Happy. But, you know, only six and six last season, but four offensive, five defensive starters coming back. Borden County is going to be something to reckon with. So we talk about Garden City. We talk about Borden County. You can't forget Coach Avalos over there with the Rankin Red Devils, 10-2 and two last season. They've got four offensive and five defensive starter, and our man up front leading the charge, that is honorable mention all-state defensive lineman David Bunger. Yes. And, you know, you just you look at it, and we talked about all three of these teams ranked in the top ten, and it's scary. It really is. And one of these teams is sitting at home. The question for me with Rankin is, 
How well do they do replacing Braxton Kirkland? That that to me is the biggest question facing the Red Devils. I totally agree because, you know, last year when he was out of the game, they struggled a bit. I think that they have a ton of horses over there. They've got so much talent in Rankin. And, you know, we're going to have to see what they do with it. Definitely. And then finishing off that district, of course, you know, the Sands Mustangs, four offensive, five defensive stars returning from a five and six team. They've got a new head coach and good old Ty Keith, our buddy Ty Keith. Going to take love the it. Their former happy coach was the offensive coordinator at Sterling City under those teams that won a, a state title. And he's got a lot of kids coming back. Rodolfo Juarez, Michael Diaz, Wiley Gaskins, Gennaro Gonzalez, Jesus Porras. So Sands looks to be in great shape. And in most districts, would probably be fighting for a district title. You just wonder if they've got enough to do it in this district. And then to round things out is the Grady Wildcats, two and eight last season, only two offensive and three defensive starters returning. Coach Mata's got to be looking at this going, how in the world did I end up in this district of all years with no more players than I've got coming back. I don't know because the ones that he's got back coming back, or you know, he had two really good freshmen last year. I mean, really good freshmen. They did not play like freshmen. So I, I think Grady's going to try to make some noise and, you know, you can never uh, put it past coach Mata. It's the luck of the draw, the luck of that UIL draw. Uh, most definitely, you know, this, this district, if anything else may come down to who can stay the healthiest that may decide who is number one and two. I, I think you're correct. And then finally, let's finish off uh, region two in district eight. And that contains the defending state champions, coach Homer Matlock and his Westbrook Wildcats 11 and four last season, which sounds odd when you say that's the state state title team. They've got, it says five offensive and five defensive starters. I really think that's four and four. But they got a move in who was a two-way starter at Rotan. So I guess really it is five and five when you really look at that. They lost Shama Starks. They lost Jimmy Roberts. Two big pieces to that puzzle. Not the biggest. And I no. think the biggest is Cedric Ware. This kid is unbelievable. The most, I don't know, I, as I told you last year, when you watched him on film, you went, oh, that's a good ball player. And then you watch him in person and you're like, he still doesn't do some players you watch and you go, oh, my goodness. Cedric just doesn't flash at you like that. But then you look up at the end of the day and he's got 400 yards rushing, <laughs> made 13 tackles, and on the way to those 400 yards rushing, there's about 20 missed tackles, most of those below the waist. I've never seen a young man break more tackles when people hitting him at the waist or lower, which is really tough for a ball carrier. He is a fantastic football player. He he impressed me as much as anybody has watching six men in the last five years. And I think it's because when you look at him, you just you don't expect what you get out of him. But holy cow, is he good? He is. He's just consistent. And as far as, you know, sloughing off those tackles, my goodness, he keeps his feet moving constantly. Yeah. They don't stop. They have a lot of, of good players coming back. Uh, Westbrook's going to be loaded. And like you said, they added uh, Coach Jeffrey's son from Rotan, and he was a freshman last year and started both, you know, he did a really good job for the Yellowhammers. Yeah, Grayson Jeffrey's a young man moving in there. Uh, and I'm sure Coach Matlock will happily take him 
You know, we talked about Cedric Ware coming back. Hadley White is a first-team All-State spread center. And then Peyton Dominguez was the first-team defensive MVP last year. Well, when you've got the offensive and defensive MVP coming back, yeah, <laughs> there's a reason you're ranked number one in the state, and a lot of people feel like you are going to repeat as state champions. On top of that, 38 kids out in the program. Coach Ritchie talked about 18 at Borden County, 38 out at Westbrook this year. That is a lot, you know, that that's a lot of talent to to look through and especially with all of that incredible talent coming back. I did get a little word from coach Matlock. He said that he's excited about their experience, depth and speed. I I believe that that might be an understatement, but <laughs> I, I I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that this team is the best um he's had in each of those categories top it off they're not resting on their laurels they are uh, have a really tough schedule but they need to figure things out and they are all excited about this group of players playing for Westbrook this year so that that's the Westbrook Wildcats the other one two three four five teams in this district unbelievable six team district here mm-hmm. the Hermley Cardinals the Ira Bulldogs the Roby Lions the Highland Hornets and the Rotan Yellowhammers and when you look at it on paper, Rotan looks like the team that might be best fitted to reach uh, that get that number two spot behind Westbrook. They returned five offensive and four defensive starters for Coach Means. They were seven and three last season. Uh, you know, Highland returns three and four. Roby three and three. Ira only returns two starters, both sides of the ball. And then our good buddy Sammy Winters out at Hermley. The Cardinals bring back one offensive and two defensive starters. So to a point, a lot of those teams kind of starting over. They mm-hmm. don't have a lot of starters returning, and they find themselves in that district for, with Westbrook. I think it'll be a fascinating battle to find out who finishes second in this district. I think you're right. But, you know, you can't ever leave out O'Slam and Sammy Winters from Hermley. He always uh, brings the best when game starts that week one, but then over at Roby, you know, we have coach DeLeon from Spring Lake Earth. He moves to over to Roby. And so I'm sure he is bringing a lot of knowledge to the lions and hopefully they will do well this year as, as well. Definitely. Well, let's move over to region three and we'll begin in district nine. This is a district with Baird, Bryson, Gordon. Yeah. Gordon. Gorman, Lingleville, and Perrin Witt. And it's it's an interesting district because, you know, Baird was pretty decent last year, but they only returned one starter on both sides of the ball. And when you go through here, it's just who do you think is the team that's going to do the best? Gordon, 10-3 and three last season, four offensive, two defensive starters returning, including Robert Freeman, who was a second-team linebacker. But Coach Reed, they all did that at Division Two. Now they're moving up to Division One. How big an impact does that have as they move into this district? Oh, I don't know. I don't think – I think that Coach Reed has been preparing them for this. I, I don't think it's going to be a big stretch at all for the Gordon Longhorns, especially when you look over here and you have Baird, who has just one coming back on both sides. And then you have Bryson. They have a new coach in – Bill Reed, and then you have Gorman, and Lingleville has a new coach in Trent Taylor, and then always Perrin Witt. So 
I, I don't know. Again, this is a six-team district. It's very odd to see two, you know, six-team districts. It is. You know, when the UIL did the realignment, I thought it was fascinating. They left a lot of four-team districts in Region 1 and a lot of six-team districts elsewhere, which you really figured they would try and spread that out a little bit. But, you know, I to me, they must have looked at the map and said, you know what, we're better off having four teams that make more sense geographically than starting to spread this thing out and and we'll make six in some districts so it looks like that's what they did and you talked about in this district gorman on paper looks like they might uh, have a little something coming back four uh, offensive and five defensive starters returning they were six and four last season so uh, coach guthrie and the panthers they're looking to make noise as well as the bryson cowboys only two and eight in the last season but six defensive starters coming back so they got some experience coming there District 9, I'm with you. I think it is Gordon's district to win, uh, but I, I wouldn't rule out anybody in this district. It, it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, district 10, and this is a district with Campbell, Union Hill, St. Joe, and Savoy, and our good buddy up at Campbell, the Campbell Indians, Coach Pritchard, and uh, nobody's happier to be coaching than Coach Pritchard. Uh, you know what? He absolutely loves Campbell, and he loves what they're doing. You know, last year they didn't really have a they didn't have a football field to play on. It was just a, a vacant field next to their baseball field. And so people would bring lawn chairs and I mean it was very obviously casual. Well, guess what? This year they have a new field, they have new uniforms and helmets, and he says they definitely have a new outlook. They're returning eight starters. Five earned all district honors last year. They have six seniors, and they're adding a few freshmen who will make an impact. Uh, he says they have ramped up their schedule this year. They'll play Oakwood, Avalon, and Throckmorton before district even gets started. And they start against Savoy on October 21st for district play. Well, it'll be interesting there, and uh, good good to see things picking up there in Campbell. Loved following the uh, progress of the field there with Coach Pritchard on Facebook, so great to see that. This district, though, may be run by Union Hill. Union Hill, 9-3 and three last season, all six offensive starters returning, five of the six defensive starters, including a honorable mention utility back in Devin Espinosa and Logan Dunn, an honorable mention all-state safety Coach Bragdon's got a good team coming back for the Bulldogs, and I do think they may be the class of this district. Uh, other teams in that district, the Savoy Cardinals, they get five offensive and defensive stars returning from a 6-5 and five team last season. Coach Guzman, it's his first year there for the Cardinals, so we'll see what Savoy's got. Well, and then, you know, and they've got the three Mendoza brothers we talked about last year. That's they true. They will all be back. That is true. Hey, you never know which Mendoza's got the ball. That's right. <laughs> That's how it works there. And then finally, uh, St. Joe, they will uh, they only return one offensive and two defensive starters. Uh, a tough there for Coach Stevens and the Panthers. They had a good team last year. Uh, Matthew Butler, Everson, does return as their second-team QB, and I know he was high on him last year. So we'll see what St. Joe's got, but I do think this district, District 10, is Union Hills for the taking. I would agree with that. Uh, I think that's going to be a mixed match as well. So uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Definitely. Over in District 11, Avalon, Blum, Covington, Milford, and Three-Way. And we'll start with the Blum Bobcats. They had an odd season last year because they got flat out blown away in some games that we went, what? 
And yeah. then the games that we went, what? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was really odd last season. So kind of wondering how that's going to play out this year. And, you know, uh, you can never let uh, overlook Blum. No, no. The Bobcats returned five offensive and five defensive starters for Coach Thornhill. You know, the one thing I do know that we heard last year is Blump, they had a ton of injuries. And I think that really figured in to, to what happened. So, you know, I would look for Blum to make some noise. Another team in this district, uh, the Milford Bulldogs, they return a five and six, five offensive and six defensive starters for Coach Cervantes there. Um, and when you look at the uh, Bulldogs, Jordan Esray, Uriel Salas and Dante Williams look to lead the charge there. Coach Cervantes says a great group of guys there. They've been very consistent in the summer. Uh, you know, Milford's got a rich tradition in football, and they're just taking it day to day, day to day to try and get that back to the level they were at. So, you know, the Bulldogs only two and six on the season, but when you got that many starters returning, you got to be really happy with the way things look. Another uh, team in this district, the Avalon Eagles. Three re uh, returning starters on both sides, including an honorable mention all-state spread back and Eric Padrone, six and five. Well, last season, Coach Cole looked to uh, expand on that with uh, uh, Padrone and Jesus Aguiar uh, leading the way there, as well as the Covington Owls, two and seven last year, four and three as far as returning starters. Coach Steele, I'm sure he's looking at this district going, it's a tough one, <laughs> and uh, well, we got to try and fight through it, as well as Coach Hearn. O'Hearn over at three-way, the Braves moving up from Division II, three and seven last year, but all six starters returning both sides of the ball. This looks to be, you know, I, I think Blum may have the slight edge in this district. You can't count out Milford with that many starters returning, but it looks like a fairly even district. Yeah, I think so. Across the board, it really does, because, you know, you can't keep, you can't uh, write old coach cole from avalon off either so uh i think that this one's going to be a very interesting district to watch so let's finish out region three with district 12 and to me this district begins and ends with one team and that is the abbott panthers a team that made the state semifinals last year 13 and one on the season four starters returning on offense and defense don't look at that. Let me tell you something. Coach Crawford has got a loaded Panthers team coming to battle this year. He does. He does. They, they're they are ready to go, and I think they're going to make a lot of noise in 2022. They have Carson Johnson. He's a third-year quarterback starter, and he understands the offense. And Coach Crawford said he is arguably the best open field tackler that he has. Uh, Will Cosda is the senior center. He's the leader on the line. Then you have Isaiah Singleton Brooks, who is a six foot, 225 pound load running. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's coming at you. He's yeah. hard to tackle when he gets going and he plays with a definite motor on defense. Um, you know, Coach Crawford said it's it's going to be hard to to separate who their best players are because they have nine or ten players who can go at any given time for them. And he names Brady Schultz, who's a junior, Riley Sestala. I think we talked about him last year. He's a sophomore this year. Mason Hale, he's a sophomore. And I know we've said this name, Joey Pavelka. He's a last, sophomore. Yeah, last year's newcomer of the year, uh, Pavelka. You know, what did you call them spider monkeys last year when they played May? 
<laughs> yes. I don't yes, think that's yeah. I don't think anything's gonna change this year. No, no. I I so enjoyed watching Abbott last year because you just never knew. <laughs> I mean, who was gonna get the ball and who was gonna squirt out the hole and get into the end zone because they were just they were, they were spider monkeys. And that is not a derogatory term. That in my book, that's a very positive term because you know, you just don't ever know when they're gonna go. And uh you just kind of gotta go with it. Definitely. And when you look at this, the rankings, uh, when we talked about Dave Campbell's rankings, Westbrook one, Abbott two, for me, that's a no brainer. That is the number one and the number two team in the state. In my opinion, take three through 10, three through nine, somewhere in there, you could probably kind of jumble that up. You know, everybody's got their personal favorites, but I do think Westbrook and Abbott are the definitive number one and number two teams heading into the season. Completely agree. 100%. Uh, other teams in that district, uh, Coolidge, the Yellow Jackets, eight and five on the season last year. Uh, Coach Baker excited about what he's got coming back there. Three starters on both sides of the ball, including KT Adams and Hunter Lowry. Uh, you look at the rest of the teams here Aquila, the Cougars, four and five last year, but they've got four starters on both sides of the ball coming back, led by Hagen Williams. Penelope, the Wolverines, three and seven last year, only one offensive and three defensive starters so coach davis definitely got his hands full there and then the golston wildcats oh and nine last year but six starters returning both ways so i would imagine coach Ballou feels good about that and hoping to uh, get off the schneid there and pick up uh you know some victories uh this season and and find out you know what can they do when you look at this it's definitely abbott in this district i you know i think you have to put just on uh records last year and kind of what's coming back to me coolidge has got to be the number two team in that district yeah, you're right, but you can't ever count out, you know, Coach Williams over there from Aquila, and he's got Hagen, his son, playing, and he's got some some people coming back. And, and another thing we can't ever count out is the rivalry between Abbott and Aquila. That is true. You know, they're not <laughs> far from each other. <laughs> you are accurate there. Let's move over to Region 4 and finish up our regions here. District 13, this is an interesting district. You've got Eden, Menard, yeah, Menard coming down from 11, man. Erion County, Robert Lee, and Verbest. And when you look at it, Erion County, to me, looks to be the team to beat in this district. Five starters returning on both sides of the ball, an 8-3 and three team last season. Bo Morrow was a first-team All-State wide receiver. Trevin Kofel, Coach Kofel's son, was a second-team spread back. And and I do. I, I think they've got a really good shot there. Um, they're hungry. Uh, they want to make a deep run in the playoffs. That's what Coach uh, Coach Kofel said. Uh, they got Erion County's first playoff win last year for the first time since 1971. Wow. That's almost. Yeah. That's, that's what? 50, 71. 51 years? Yeah. Incredible. That is. Uh, they, they've got uh, eight seniors coming back. They have one returning sophomore, and that is uh, Parker Posey, who he's really high on. He started both sides of the ball as a freshman. He feels like their depth will be a strength for them. So I, I do think Erion County has a really good shot. The wild card in this one is Menard, because mm. I've heard people talk about there are some athletes at Menard. Bryce Oliver is going to be the uh, head coach there. Only, uh, quote, unquote, and this is hard to determine because they were 11 men last year. Two offensive and three defensive starters returning. But you just wonder, what are you going to get out of the Yellow Jackets? Um, 
I don't know, but you know, one of their games this year is against Garden City. Well, they'll find out in a hurry how, <laughs> how ready they are for six-man football when they take on Coach Jones and the Bearcats. Uh, right. that, that's definite, that is a definite uh, truth right there. Definitely. The rest of the teams in this district, uh, the Eden Bulldogs, five and four last year, new head coach in uh, Joshua Ralston, uh, three offensive, two defensive starters coming back. Verabest, the Falcons, five and five coming back for a four and five team last year for Coach Justin Morris and the Robert Lee Steers, two and eight last year, but they do have three starters coming back, both sides of the ball for Coach McCown. So when you look at it, I do think this district is Erion County. Where you shake them up after that, I'm not really sure because I think Menard is the wild card in there. You just don't know what you've got. Right. And you know, it's going to take a little bit for them to get back, you know, get into the swing of six man. Uh, because it is so much faster. They're, the rules are a little different. I don't know. I I think it's going to be very interesting to watch Menard and and see how that plays out. Over in District 14, this is a district with Avant, Lamita, and Santa Ana. Oh, yeah, there's two other teams in that district, aren't there, Bobby? Oh, yes, there is. Th- that would be the third-ranked May Tigers and the fourth-ranked Jonesboro Eagles. <laughs> number oh, three exactly. and four in the same district old district it, it, 14 exactly and you know when you look at the may tigers only two starters returning on both sides of the ball and you kind of look at it and you think okay well they've got to be down but i, I think that coach Steele just he reloads there yeah there, there's no down it's yeah, it's there's reloading no you know one of the kids he's got back damian salinas if you never watch may play he's just a fun kid to watch talk about all hard he gives it everything he's got He's one of the two returning starters for them. He does have a great nose for the football. Uh, he led them in tackles last year from his cornerback position. They're moving him to middle linebacker and running back this year, and he expects a, a big things from him. Luke McKenzie's the other returning starter. He was their uh, starting quarterback last year. Uh, he'll get a lot more action. As, as uh, Coach Steele said, they didn't need to focus on him a lot because, you know, some kid named Caden Hawk was in the backfield. Well, you know, with Caden Hawk back there, it's kind of hard to – Exactly. Um, so he coach Steele expects uh Luke McKenzie to have a, a bigger role. And then uh, Braden Steele, his son, uh, he's back. He's only a sophomore. He was impressive. I saw him on the sidelines against Water Valley. Uh, he got some great playing time last year as a freshman. He steps into a starting role and uh, they expect a lot from him as well. And then so that that's the May Tigers. I'll let you round up the Jonesboro Eagles. Oh, I'm telling you, Jonesboro is going to be something. Uh, they have only three seniors on their roster, and two will be two-way, and all three actually will be two-way starters for them. Caleb Christel, he had a breakout season last year, and it was his first time to be a varsity starter. He's a dual-threat offensive player, and he throws a really good ball, and he runs very well. And you have Jaden Demel. Jaden will carry more of the offensive load on the ground for the Eagles this season. Uh, he's probably their fastest of backs, and it'll be big for them to have a good season carrying the ball. Jaden is a very solid defender on the back end for, for the Eagles. And then rounding out Jonesboro, we have Tyler Wilson. He was hit by the injury bug the last two seasons. And so they're hoping that he can make it through the whole season. He's a very selfless player for the Eagles and he will get some carries plus maybe 
some O-line for them out of necessity because Coach Gallego said they're a little thin up front. But if Tyler stays healthy, he'll have a very special year because um, Coach says he is a football player. Well, that's big for you. You know, another team in that district, and when you look at it on paper, the Lamita Hornets, 8-3 and three last year, three returning starters both sides of the ball, and you'd be like, oh, wow, you know, hey, they, they should have a good good shot there. But it's going to be tough in this district, but Coach Torres likes what he's got. Uh, he's expecting to lean on three players, Tim Juarez, Leon, Lionel Caso, I hope I'm saying that right, C-A-S-O, and a Copeland Brister. Uh, he expects all of those to do really good things for him. Copeland is coming off a knee injury from last season. He's had a great recovery. He's worked hard, and he looks for him to pave the way for the running backs. Uh, Juarez was an all-region uh, corner there for Lamita. So the Hornets looking to make some noise when you look at that district. And then the other two teams there, the Santa Ana Mountaineers. I got to love that. The Mountaineers. That's just, it's a cool name. It well, really you know, have you ever been I through Santa Ana? They've got a mountain right there, the backdrop of their town. Well, if you ever need anything, just go through Santa Ana. That is the place to go get whatever it is you think you didn't buy 20 years ago. It's there now. I bet. I love their downtown area. It is so cool. It is fabulous. Uh, Coach Luna, Jose Luna takes over there for a team that was six and four last season, three offensive, two defensive starters remaining. And then Avant, five and five last year, but five starters returning both ways for Coach Johnson. So should be a competitive district, but I do think Jonesboro in May are just a step above everybody else in that district. And that's who you got to look for. Now let's move over to a district of 15. This is a four team district. And when you look at it, Burkeville, Chester, High Island, and Leverett's, three of those four were not in district one division one last year, two of them moving, or I guess you could say High Island coming back from 11 man. Mm-hmm. Uh, had made that move up because of travel. They're back. Uh, Chester is in here and Burkeville. Burkeville moving down from 11 man as well. Burkeville is interesting because when you look at it, eight starters returning on offense, seven on defense, and you go, we play six man football. Well, that's what they would have back if they did 11 man football. So you got to think that Coach Eric Johnson, who was at Patton Springs, um, has got to love the fact that he's got that many kids coming back because he's got depth now. Oh, but again, got to get used to six, man. Yeah, definitely. That That is a big piece there. Uh, the Chester Yellow Jackets, three and six last year, five offensive, three defensive starters coming back for Coach Hilliard. High Island, the Cardinals, four and four last year. Another one of those coming down from 11-man, seven starters on both offense and defense. So uh, Coach Miracle there, well, he'll have you know kind of the pick of the litter as well. And then the Leverage Chapel Lions, uh, led by Demarion Brown. He was an honorable mention All-State player last year for Coach Bates. Five and three on the season, five offensive and three defensive starters coming back. A really fascinating district, and it'll be fun to watch that one to kind of see how Burkeville and High Island do stepping down, and then how does Chester do stepping up uh, in classifications. And then let's finish things out in uh, District 16. This is Nueces Canyon, Lakey, McDade, Medina, and Prairie Lee. And when you look at it, honestly, I don't, is, is Medina the, the pick for this district? I would think so this year or that, uh, either Medina or Nueces Canyon. Cause you know, uh, coach Fletcher over at Nueces Canyon does a really good job. You know, you can't ever look past Lakey or McDade. McDade gave, um, 
several of those teams in that district, those districts say, stay about the same every two years during alignment because, you know, they're few and far between out there in the hill country. You will always know that Nueces Canyon, Lakey, and Medina will always be in the same district. Yeah, mo- most definitely. You talked about Nueces Canyon, Coach Fletcher, two and six last year, two offensive, two defensive starters coming back. Uh, Coach Nichols over at Lakey, six and four last year. Uh, they got off to a good start uh, before uh, fading away there at the end. Uh, three offensive, three defensive starters. McDade, four and four, three and three coming back. And then Prairie Lee, three and seven. But they got six starters coming back from both sides of the ball, which uh, that's always got to bode well there for Coach Hargraves. And then we talked about Medina, five and five on the season. Five starters coming back both sides of the way for Coach Mark Coley there, led by Wyatt Boatman who is an honorable mention all-state quarterback and a first-team all-region QB. So uh, anytime you've got that coming back, you got to feel good about what's going on. Yes, so, because that's a good that's a good leader on the team right there for Medina. We'll see how they, they take that and run with it. Definitely. So let's go back and just uh, kind of sum things up real quick and get, you, get your thoughts. We'll start in Region 1. I, to me, this is Happy and Valley. Uh, it's their region. Uh, the dark horses to me are Nazareth and Knox City. I I would agree with that. I just don't see anything that has the caliber of Happy and Valley. And what? thank goodness they're in two and four. They're kind of on opposite ends, so they won't meet till later. But uh, actually, they would meet in the area round. If both teams win their district, they would meet in the area round. That would be a heck of a matchup for an area round. Yes, exactly. Um, You know, the one thing that I think is going to be very interesting is when Happy takes on Westbrook week one at the gridiron. I think that's going to tell us a lot about some of these teams. It it definitely will. That should be a fantastic. It's some really good games, and we'll get into that in a couple of weeks at the Jayton Gridiron Classic. But holy cow, that that is the uh, final game of that uh, three-day series. And uh, those teams kicking off under, I guess, kind of sort of under the lights at eight uh, o'clock. Well, you know, it's August. The fading uh, thousand uh, degree sun that will be going on there in Jayton. (laughs) Either that uh, or it'll be raining. (laughs) I mean, there's no in between. Exactly. Uh, In region two, it's Westbrook. I don't think there's anybody else that that can dispute that. Garden City. Garden City. I think they'll give them a run. I, I like really Bar- do. That, that's yeah. going to be a great game. I like Borden County. Um, I think Van Horn could be a dark horse. Uh, you know, Rankin, nobody's looking at them. They could be a dark horse. They're ranked top 10, so I don't know how much you call them a dark horse, but I do think they get looked over a little bit uh, when you talk about Garden City and Borden County. Well, you know, in this region, it is the region of death. Just look at it. It's ridiculous. It is. It most definitely is. <laughs> Re- region 3. I, Honestly, I just I don't see anybody being able to play with Abbott in this region. I don't maybe, either. Maybe Blum or Gordon, Coolidge, Union Hill. I but I just don't see it. I I think Coach Crawford's got a special team there and uh one of the nicest people you can meet as well. But oh, uh, man, he is the, those Panthers, I just I really like them this season. And then finally in region four, uh you know, they're in the same district. I do think it is May and Jonesboro. I think Erion County could knock on the door a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what Menard's got. I hate to say anything about them because you just don't know, but I do think it's May and Jonesboro to decide who comes out of Region 4. I completely agree. So, 
I'm going to go with, hmm, man, you know, that Garden City and Westbrook being in the same region is tough. Just like Happy and Valley, you know, Abbott pretty well got region three, I think. And then region four, it's down to two. So I don't know. This year's going to be extremely interesting because we always think we know what's going to happen or we have an idea of what's going to happen. And usually, like you, like we said at the beginning, it, it mostly goes that way, but sometimes it doesn't. Definitely will be surprised. It should be fun to cover. We'll be back all every week, all season long, covering all of this. That's the Division One look. Next week, we'll look at Division Two. Yes, we'll give you 10 seconds on the drama that Division Two has become. <laughs> it's crazy. Move on and just talk about the districts because that's the most important thing. But some huge shakeups in Division Two. Teams coming out and players moving in yeah should be fascinating it should be i can't wait but you it, know division one isn't any less exciting no um, no not at all i mean so, you have 75 teams you got 11 weeks let's see who comes out on top it's like you shake it up and let's go exactly so let, let's finish it up bobby i know you got some uh, notes real quick i think on band on band, I do. So earlier this summer in July, the Association of Texas Small School Bands, they had um, an outstanding performance series, and they chose some bands across the division of 1A. So the Class 1A marching champion, uh, first place was Crosbyton High School. Wow. Runner-up was Spring Lake Earth, and we have Baird, Booker, Menard, Cross Plains, and Monday, rounding out the top seven. And then when you go down to the Class 1A concert, first place, Erion County, second place, Cross Plains, and the runner-up was Spring Lake Earth. Rounding out the top seven are Baird, Crosbyton, Monday, and Cross Plains. So... I think that's exciting. Uh, here these days, you know, we have so many teams, Division One and Two, that are losing their bands. So it's exciting to see that the bands are competing and marching and sight reading and uh, concert and all that good stuff. You know, I was in band, so I did all that good stuff. And it was very important. And I still remember those those days. And it was great memories. Band is a vital part of every school and, and probably more than ever at the 1A level because so many of these teams don't have bands now. So when you've got those schools who do have the bands, it really is, you know, at times it can be a, an advantage for your school on the football field. I think sometimes they really provide a spark out there. Also, we talk about football and it's kicked off volleyball. They're in, they're in full swing now, literally in full swing. Uh, I think some of them are already playing practice matches. So, uh, you know, oh, we can't forget to talk about cross country, <laughs> cross country. I know they're, they're already, they've been training all summer long. Yes. Because, you know, there were a lot of kids in the top 20 who were underclassmen. They were not seniors. So, um, the biggest one we all have to keep an eye on. You remember her Tatum oh, yeah. Goodman. You better look closely though, because she's not five foot. No, you got it, and she's fast. She goes yeah. by in a little blur. 
but uh she got she got first place at state last year with a time of 1059 but then you have uh scout brawley from crosbyton and daily chisholm from jayton and a senior from pretty this year sydney parton and they were they're all they were all right there in the top well, it, it'll be fascinating yeah anytime anytime tatum's running it's just it's fun to watch and you're right cross country's there so cross country football well, well, you know, we got we got the boys side, too, because there were a lot of, you know, you can't ever count out Miller Grove. Miller Grove's always going to be up there. That's they, they are a great cross-country school, but they did graduate a lot of seniors off of that championship team last year. And, you know, Brandon Passman from Guthrie and Isaiah Billingsley from McMullen County, who have always been in the top one and two. They've graduated and moved on. So we're going to have a new winner this year. Um, somebody somebody can actually win. I, I'm telling you, both of those runners moved on to an SEC conference. So they're still competing against each other, just at Auburn and Alabama, I believe. Yeah, but, just Auburn and Alabama. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two little 1A, 1A kids doing great work. Uh, but we need to watch for Coy Collins from Saltillo. Brandon Timms from McMullen County, Gunnar Tarver from Saltillo, and Christian Gonzalez from Sulphur Bluff. They were all in the top seven last year, and they're all coming back. So it'll it'll really be interesting to see how cross-country plays out. Unfortunately, we can't follow that very closely because not everybody has like a dedicated cross-country schedule that they go to a cross-country meet every week so it's hard for me to get that information uh but once district starts and then especially region then we'll do the top 10 so everybody can see where they fall well that'll be fun to watch so that's our season four episode one kickoff to the season on the backroads podcast it's been a lot of fun bobby we covered division one division two we'll go over that next week scrimmages start this week so i'm sure we'll have a, a little bit of that next week as we hear some things that came out of scrimmages as well as a full look at what's going on in division two a wild and woolly division two but until then we'll be back with you next sunday evening you don't want to miss it it's the Backroads podcast i'm craig spree with the happy sports network and presspassports.com and i'm bobby brown with texas 1a fan remember go forward and do good